Welcome, everybody, to another great podcast from the Crystal River Church of God. Whether you're on your way to work, on your lunch break, or even taking a jog, our prayer for you is that this helps you to find focus for living. We truly hope you enjoy this message live from CRCOG. I want to talk to you tonight about learning to be great. Learning to be great. How many understands that greatness doesn't come just because that you're on the right side of the track? I'll go a little bit step further. Not only does greatness not come, holiness doesn't come just because you said yes to Jesus. Living right does not come just because you said yes to Jesus. I know a lot of people who come to church but still don't live right. I'm going to look up here in case you think I'm looking at you because I am. Uh, a lot of people, but you're in a new dynamic and you have to learn how to live in the promised land. You got to learn how to be great in God. You know, I was 27 years old before I ever understood this statement because I didn't live in the climate. Here's what somebody said to me. They said, yeah, we had to, we had to plug our car up a month ago. I was like, wow, y'all got an electric car? I said, is it electric? They said, no, we live in Wisconsin. And see, you Southerners like, I still don't get it. Because they have to plug in the car to keep from the motor freezing at night. Hmm. I'm out. I'm out. I'm leaving. And so I didn't understand the climate. I, you know, and then and then I got a friend who's got a house up north, and and, and I asked him. I said, "Well, what do y'all do to keep your pipes from freezing? Because y'all know what we do in the south, keep it leaking, right? That's what we do. You leak it. But they go, oh, it's it's designed not to do that. So you got to learn to live in the environment that you're in. And so sometimes, or not sometimes, many times, when you get saved." Your soul got saved, your spirit got saved, but you, but you know, your, your mind didn't get saved. So then when the word of God comes, the Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. And how do you renew your mind? You renew your mind by learning a new way of thinking and a new way of living. You learn to be great. You know, Rodney is our... Is, is our maintenance guy around here. And, and Rodney can do just about anything. And I really dislike him a lot of times. And, but when we're doing something, he'll share something with me. And I'll call it a life hack. A life hack. That they don't teach you this stuff. And if you watched a YouTube video, it wouldn't teach you. But just stuff that he's learned over the years. Because he's 102. No, I'm just kidding. He's only 60 something. But anyway... Uh, but that's what it is. And so I want to talk to you tonight for a little while about learning to be great. I mean, if I were to ask you, do you want to be great? Most of you would go, what's it going to cost me? Because it is a cost. It is a cost to be great. It is a cost to be great. You know, what, what people that are successful do that other people who are not successful don't do is they practice. They do it every day. 
You know, there's a, there, there's, I'm not going to embarrass them, but there's a fisherwoman in this section over here. And she catches fish when nobody else catches fish. Her son catches fish when nobody else catches fish. I can't stand them. But it's not, she, it's not that they stayed in the house learning how to fish. They're out there every day. They came a Sunday or Sunday last, I don't know, they came to the early service with their boat hooked up. They went out of church, glory to Jesus, hallelujah, <laughs> going fishing. And I'm cool with that too, I'm like, I love it. You, listen, listen to all you fishermen, if you come to church first, God will give you more fish. I'm just saying. So learning to be great. Now I've got a lot of scripture to give you, and I'm just, I didn't write them down because there's so many. Let me just say, it's the story of uh, uh, David and the story of Saul, which means... 1 Samuel chapter 10, are you ready? I'm not going to go there right now. Just stay with me, Charlie. You're good. Chapter 10, 17 through 24. Chapter 13, 5 through 15. Chapter 15, 10 through, uh, uh, 10 through 16. Chapter 13, 17 through 38. Chapter 32, 18 through 16. See, that's why I didn't put it down. And that's just the first line. The second line is 2 Samuel 5, chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Chapter 11, 1 through 5. Chapter 14, or no, chapter 11, 14 and 15. 26 and 27. Chapter 12, 1 through 15. So what I'm saying, take my word for it. Or don't take my word for it and go read the story. You read the Bible. Because every person has the potential to become a great person of God and of success. Well, Pastor, I didn't come to to hear a self-help program. No, no, baby. You need one. Because everything is all wrapped up in Jesus. But, But see, what Pentecostals want to do, and I'm third generation so I can talk about us, is we want to speak in tongues and make it happen. By osmosis. We want to fall out in the floor. And I believe in all that. Because we, we do it. But we want to fall out on the floor. And get up completely changed. I'm a great person now. No. Doesn't work that way. You can't call yourself great. If you've never done anything. Let me tell you this. I am a great tennis player. I have never in my life lost a match. Now, that's incredible. I deserve a trophy according to today's standards. But the reality is I've never played a tennis match. I've hit the ball, but I've never played a match. And so, but that's where we've got to come to the grips that I want to be great in God. I don't want to be average. I don't want to be just some Joe Schmo barely getting along, not having, a, not having a relationship with Jesus, and I live vicariously through the pastor or through somebody else. I want to have a personal relationship with God, and through that, I want to have joy because he said I can have it. I want to have a love because he said I can have it. I want to have peace because he said I can have it. But in order to get all that, then I want to have a, a decent family. I can have it, but i got to learn how to work for it. How to be what God's called me to be. Because looks can be deceiving. You know, we go, I, I do a lot of weddings. And let me just help some of y'all. Y'all do, y'all, yeah, they have the wedding cake. 
And the wedding cake looks so incredible. And then you go to bite into it and they have that fondant. What is that? What is that junk? Fondant, is that what it is? Somebody answer me. Yes, fondant. That is not edible. <laughs> looks are deceiving. Right? They do it so it looks good, but it tastes terrible. Do not have, we wasted all that time, waited for the cake because I'm going to leave after I get some cake. Just for it to be funded. Don't do it. If, you, if, you, if I'm doing your wedding, let me know if you're going to have fun. I'm going to bring me a cupcake. Buttercream, that's what I'm talking about. Because looks can be deceiving. But that's the way we base our lives. We base on what things look like and determine whether it's successful or not. Or let, let me ask you this question. And I'm, I'm preaching already. I didn't give you my scripture, but I'm getting there. Let me ask you this question. Somebody has money. Oh, they're successful. Are they? How are you judging success? I did a seventh grade, uh, the, 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 the principal invited me in to do a talk to the seventh graders going into eighth grade, to the whole school. I'm like, you know I'm a Pentecostal preacher. They go, yeah, you, you just kind of keep it on the down low about Jesus but you can, and, and the Bible. And so I, I told him, I said, a Bible, or I said, a book I read tells me this. So I gave, but then I, I made this statement. I said, you, you probably don't recognize me, but I'm one of the richest men in Citrus County. A little seventh grader said, I thought I recognized you. Now, what I was talking about, I'm rich because I have friends, I have loved ones, my wife loves me, I love her, my children love me, I love them, I've got a roof over my head, i got clothes on my back, are you listening to me? And on all of that, I'm rich. So how do you judge success? Oh, they got a nice car. No, no, how do you judge success? Because sometimes we look at a person and we assume that he has everything it takes to be great or a great leader that was the case with Saul. Scripture tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, this is where we're going to jump in, that there was a man of, of Benjamin whose name was Kish, a mighty man of power. And he had a choice, a handsome son whose name was Saul. There was not a more handsome person than he among the children of Israel. Now, you don't understand this. If you don't, then just look at Rick Carpenter. He's the handsomest man in all of children of Israel. And from his shoulders upward, he was taller than any other of the people. He stood a head and shoulders above the people. And because that he looked kingly, because he looked like a leader, they chose him to be a leader. And when the people of Israel asked for a king, God gave them Saul because that's who they wanted. They expected him to be a great leader. But how many knows that just because you're a great worker don't mean you're a great leader? You better preach. I'm trying to. I, I've done that before. Promoted a good worker but was a horrible leader. And just because you're a good worker doesn't mean you're a good leader. But you can become great. Was it long before Saul, a man of power and potential, discredited himself from his or, uh, and his leadership, and God chose a new leader in his place, and he picked David 
a man after God's own heart. There's a, there's a, um, there's a book, it's an old book, uh, but it, it's, a, it's called The Tale of Three Kings. Great book, everybody ought to read it. Because it's so similar, and it's what we're talking about today. Point number one is this. The two kings, there were two kings with different outcomes. Well, of course they are. They're two different people. Hang on. Because why did Saul fail as Israel's uh, king while David, who appeared weaker, succeeded? Why did David, who was seemingly morally more weak than Saul, but yet he succeeded? Now, both had great opportunities. Both had the opportunity, but God had placed within their grasp the ability to become more. That's what I want you to to strive for. I want you to strive for more. Not grab more, but I want to be more. Because before you can ever do, you need to be. The problem is, is we're trying to do something that we are not. But if you are, then you're able to achieve what God's called you to achieve. But you have to have the right attitude and take advantage of the resources that God has given you. Do you know, everybody under, under 40, let me talk to you for a minute. Look at some of these gray hair. No, I didn't say no hair, Papa. I said gray hair. Look at some of the older folks. What I'm trying to tell you is that they, are, they have wisdom and they have insight that you don't know about yet. And if you'll listen to some of them, they will give you great advice. You listen to some of them, they're going to be crazy. But anyway, if you listen to some of them, it's going to be great advice. Because what made or makes the difference with Paul and with David? What made the difference? Because they were on similar tracks. What made the difference? And, and I've had this told to me, uh, I, I've had people ask me, what's the difference between you and so-so? Da, 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 da. You've got to ask the question, what is God calling me to and asking me to stretch for that I'm not willing to do? Well, Pastor, I'm busy. Good, God uses busy people. Because I'm going to tell you right now, God don't like lazy people. The Bible said a man don't work, shouldn't eat. What's required in here tonight? Point number two is this. Both received counsel from godly men. The same man, Samuel, anointed both men to be king. He anointed both kings. The anointing and the opportunity given to Saul and David were remarkably similar. Because both were anointed by Samuel, the last judge of the Hebrew nation. Both received the benefit of godly counsel. Saul received it from Samuel and David from Samuel and then later Nathan the prophet. But look at at how different their reigns were as king. Because Saul, I believe, Saul never really understood the nature of what God was asking him to do. Can I tell you that there's a lot of people that don't understand what God's asking you to do. See, when, when you, you think, well, God's, God's calling me to preach or God's calling me to, 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 to be this or that and the other. You don't know what God's asking you to do. You don't grasp it yet. You, you don't grasp God's asking you to serve Him and to 
solidify your walk with Him so that you can help other people. He wants you and I to be a conduit to other folks. And that means He just wants to flow through us. And when, help me Jesus, but when God flows through you, you, you're just a gutter. You can't go, well, look what God did. Look what I did. No, no. You were just the gutter that God used to come through. You were just the conduit that God used to flow through. And you can't get overly uh, 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 excited about yourself. You can get excited about what God did, did and does through you. But you've got to remember, it is the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the power of the Word of God. And all of that flows through you and me. So Saul never really understood it. Matter of fact, the day that they appointed Saul king, appointed him king, he actually hid from the people. And I love what I love what the King James Version says. Here's what it says. Give it to me. The next slide. Samuel 22 and, uh, 10 and 22 says, Therefore they inquired of the Lord further, if the man should yet come thither. Thither, that means come here. And the Lord answered, Behold, he hath hid himself among the stuff. And that's what some of our problem is, is we're hid among the stuff. When we should be standing out and allowing God to anoint us, we're trying to hide with the stuff. So that we won't be recognized. And usually it's because, and that's what Paul's, uh, Saul's situation was. It's usually because, God, I'm not worthy enough to be used. And you're absolutely right. But by the blood of Jesus Christ and His redemption through His blood, you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. He uses Vessels just like you and I. It is His blood that cleanses us and makes us uh, become uh, able to allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us. Then they inquired of the Lord. He hid Himself among the stuff. The, the, The New American Standard Bible said that He hid Himself among the baggage. Man, I could preach a little while on both of those. What baggage are you carrying that you're hiding behind? What baggage are you hiding? Pastor, you don't know what I've gone through. Oh, no, you're just the person that God wants to use to take somebody that's going through what you've been through and you made it out. Hey, could we just take a moment? Could we just take about 10 seconds and thank God for the stuff we came out of? Hallelujah! Lord, I give you glory and I give you praise for what I've come out of. Lord, I I thank you, Lord, that you didn't leave me there, but you brought me out. And the same stuff that you brought me out of yesterday, last week, last month, is the same God that will bring you through today. Hallelujah. He brought you out of some stuff. He brought you out of the baggage. I remember I used to hide among the baggage. I was hurt by church people. Can, let me help some of you who's been hurt by church people. Get over it. Let me help some of you who's been hurt by a pastor and preacher. Get over it. 
good gracious alive. Anybody ever been hurt at Walmart? But you still go back. You still go back. I get my feelings hurt almost every time I go to the bank, but I still go back. Come on, somebody. How many of you ever been taken advantage of at, at, at uh, getting your car worked on? Not at, not, at, not at Jim's auto analyst, but at somewhere else. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. They said they fixed something. They didn't fix nothing. Uh, they just looked at it and wiped it off. Had a little dirt on it. They just cleaned it off a little bit. No, no, they didn't fix nothing. But you still went back to in the mechanic. You, listen, I, I'm not discounting your hurt. I've been hurt. You've been hurt. We've all been hurt. Let's go to the garden and eat some worms. No. We've all been hurt, so let's just shake it off and say in the name of Jesus, the baggage that I've come into this life with, the baggage that I have right now, I'm going to go ahead and have a fire sale, and I'm going to give it away, Said I'm going to get rid of it, because I'm going on with Jesus. See, I believe he's recognized his inability of what God had called him to do and be. That in and of itself is not altogether wrong. We need to recognize that we have to have the hand of God on our life on a daily basis to become great. To become more than average. But look, after, if you read, that, if you read the scriptures I gave you earlier, if you, if you look at it, uh, Saul tasted success in battle And when he tasted success in battle, he believed that he had arrived. Don't point at nobody, but anybody know anybody who finally got two nickels to rub together? And now you think you've arrived. Finally. Finally, you ain't got to buy all your clothes at the thrift store. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Because I don't have to, my wife still does. Finally, finally, you, you, you know, I, I, I told my wife the other day we was going to go get something to eat. I said, I give God all the praise and glory. I said, pretty much we could buy whatever we wanted to eat today. Nothing sounds good, right? But I remember when I didn't have no money. I remember when I, could, when I didn't have any, any money. I remember when I didn't have, a, I remember when pizza sounded so good, but it was just, it was just a dream. Y'all laughing. Y'all, 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 y'all think I'm kidding. I ain't kidding. I remember I couldn't buy a pizza. I had a pizza spirit when I got one. You can ask my wife. You come over to my house and I order pizza, I'm putting it in the oven. I ain't sharing with you. <laughs> ask my wife. That's a true story. I, was, I just got a pizza when we was 30 years, 30 something years ago. I just got a pizza. She said, So and so's coming. I go, I <laughs> Hope they don't stay long. I'm hungry. When I got pizza back then, it was a treat, right? But when you, you finally may have success, and then you think you've arrived, be careful not to let your successes bring you to a place that now you feel like you're the only one that God can use. Well, if God's going to flow, he's going to flow through me. No, I ask God, God, if you're going to use anybody, use me. God, if you're going to shout anybody, shout me. If you're going to dance anybody, dance me. Because I am, I am a glutton pig when it comes to the anointing. I want it every time it comes around. I want to I wanna taste of it. I want to feel it. I want to be a part of it. I want to be the conduit of what God does. Because I am addicted to the anointing. But you cannot believe that you're the only one God can use. 
He had the title. He had the power. He had the crown of a king. He was made a general, but he never attracted a large standing army. He created no organized government to preserve his gains. Talking about Saul. When God no longer favored him, he thought the title entitled him with continued favor. Remember what got you here? Let me tell you what. I'm thankful for, for the church that we have. I'm thankful for the building we have. I'm thankful for the people we have. We've got some incredible people. I mean, we got some of the greatest people, especially on Wednesday night. Sunday mornings, we get some quacks, but you know, it's Wednesday nights. I'm kidding. We got a great church. But can you, let me tell you something. I know, how, I know how it came. And it wasn't through Ronnie Reed. It was through the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That's why I will never, that's why I will never uh, squelch the Holy Ghost. That's why I, I know who I came into this thing with. I know who the dance I came with. It is God. It is not Ronnie. Everything that God has done at Crystal River Church of God, it is because of him and not Ronnie. It is because of him and not Sherry. It is because of him. And as long as I pastor this church, I listen, I love Justin and God. God he's a God sent to me I, without one doubt, but it ain't Justin. It's the Holy Ghost. It, it ain't Justin. It's God. We've got to remember who it is that brings success. God, we're just tools in his toolbox and we can't get upset when he uses a crescent wrench even though we're the pliers. Woo! Today I, today I needed some, some, I didn't know what I needed. I was trying to get something. I said, Justin, he's a mechanic. I said, Justin, I need to get this thing off there. He didn't bring me a crescent wrench because the crescent wrench wouldn't work. He brought me the, he, what'd you bring me? You brought me, the, it wasn't pliers. Uh, the, channel locks, thank you. You don't even know what you got, boy. Channel locks, brought me channel locks. And, and brought me some channel locks. And you know what? It did the trick. Lickety split. Took them channel locks. Boom. Done. Because it was the right tool. You want to be the right tool. Your God might not do something in you every day. But you got to be ready and available. So that when God gets ready to use some vice grips. When God gets ready to use some channel locks. You go, here I am God. You see, here's where most of us are. I went on, I went on the boat. Uh, Saturday, with with my with one of my best friends, John, and you know we had some we zip tied some things, and I knew that I'd bought a little pair of them wire snippers so you could snip off the when you, when you put the zip tie on that you could snip them off. And I went to use it, and I hadn't used it in about a year, and it had been on the boat, and it was rusty and useless. How many of us are rusty and useless? Oh, God, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Pastor. Uh, you, you know this COVID-19. I, I, no, forget that. How many of us are rusty and useless? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I could have I, I fixed them. I believe I could have fixed them, them pliers. But you know what I needed? I needed some oil. I needed some oil to put it on the rust and to take away the, 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 the corrosion. I needed some oil. What you need is the oil. You don't need Ronnie Reed. You don't need somebody else. What you need is the oil of the Holy Ghost. You need the oil to flow down your life and say, yes God, here I am. Let the oil of the Holy Ghost flow. Oh Jesus, help us tonight. Your title does not entitle you. 
Well, but Pastor, you know, I'm, I'm an elder in the church now. So, you know, i got to be a little bit more dignified. I love what one kid, one kid brought a, a, another teenager who was unchurched. And it was one of those services where I literally walked the chairs. And I was stepping over the chairs and walking them and preaching. And, 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 the, and the little girl said, and she was about 16 or 17, she goes, oh, I just feel like I want to go to the altar, but I don't think it's appropriate. And the guy that goes to the church all the time, he goes, the pastor just walked all over the chairs. I think it's appropriate. You can go to the altar. You're, you know, now that you got the title, well, you're the pastor now, so you're exempt from temptation. Lord Jesus, I wished. Well, you know, now, now that I'm the elder, I don't have to pray. Listen, my worship team, our worship team, I keep them on their toes. Because, you know, sometimes, well, you know, I, the Lord just touches me through song. No, he wants to touch you through prayer too. And praise can't take the place of prayer. And prayer can't take the place of praise. So you got to do it. So, you know, like, like tonight, I, I, I threw them, a, we, we pray before every service. And I asked one of the, you know, they all look to me to pray every time. You know, I go, hey, you pray. So some of you young people, you get ready because I'm going to be asking you all to pray. Get you to pray. And, and, and sure enough, I asked Roy to pray. It was the first time he's prayed all month. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're the worship leader, so I'm exempt from fasting. I, I'm this. I, I finally made it now, and so now I can kick back and take it easy. Find me that in Scripture. No, wherever God puts you, wherever God, whatever successes God gives you, you got to make sure that, that God gets glory and stay there. Give God praise. Give God glory. for where, Because the fastest way to lose the blessing of God is not give Him credit for the blessing. I'm going to say it again. The fastest way to lose the blessing of God is not give God credit for the blessing that you presently have. Now, David, on the other hand, seized the opportunities to grow. He learned to be a warrior. He built a standing army, conquered his enemies. He chose a city and captured it and became the nation's new capital. And then he built a lasting government there. Much of that he did before he ever really sat on the throne. Now think about that. Some of us go, well, once I get there, if I can arrive, boy, you know, listen, let me tell you something. I was a pastor long before I got the title. And, and, and I, I get criticized a lot for different reasons. Some merited, some not. But I don't give titles out easily. Why? Because people, God, Jesus was in the towels, not titles. He was into serving, not being served. He was in to uh, serving people instead of just them being served. Hey, I'm here. Don't you know I've arrived? I'm here. No, 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 no. David, see, you need to try to be before you ever get the title. Because if you 
become, and I'm not saying, you know, you try to be the pastor because that ain't going to happen. I'm the pastor. So, but I'm just saying you you got you to gotta try, you know, you got to be who God's called you to be. Well, I don't get the recognition. Who are you looking for the recognition from? God or people? Because let me tell you something. Oh, God. Boy, this, David was anointed in the, in his, in, with his brothers before he was ever anointed outside. They knew he was anointed before anybody else knew he was anointed. That's why you can, listen, I, when I met Justin, I knew that boy was anointed. It was about 10 months before y'all knew he was anointed. Why? Because I had to check him. I had to see how he was. I'm going to see if he ain't crazy. Make sure he ain't an Absalom. Half of y'all don't know who that is. So read your Bible. The reality is this, guys. David was always a reacher. He was always a learner. And God always rewards reachers. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, For God is, and He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. If you reach for it, God will reward you with it. Number three, point three. I got 15 minutes. Both faced great challenges. Anybody getting anything? You cannot continue. God, Jesus. Do I have this one, Charlie? Thank you. You cannot continue to blame the circumstances in your life for your life. Mm-hmm. You cannot continue to blame the circumstances in life for your life. Well, I'm this way because I was born into, into the home that I was born into. Hey, I'm sorry. Listen, I, I've said this before. My, my mother, my mother had to, my mother's mother hid her and her other 13 siblings because her dad would get drunk and come home and beat everybody just for the sake of beating everybody. My dad was dropped out, of, was forced out of school in seventh grade. So that he would go to work and bring his check home to my grandfather, who, by the way, was named Geronimo. But anyway, I just think of every redneck joke I've ever heard. And then my, my, my granddaddy Geronimo, here, hold my beer, you know. So, uh, anyway, and, but he was forced to go to work and bring his paycheck home so my granddaddy could, could stay continually drunk. Then you put, they were, they were, honey. They met in the cotton field. They were cotton pickers. They were uneducated. And y'all are like, well, that explains a lot, Pastor. They, they were uneducated. They were uneducated, but they met in the, in, the, in the cotton fields of the Delta of Mississippi and got married in 10 days. They knew one another really well. They got to know each other. They had 11 children. But anyway, let me move on. Jesus. They didn't have cable. I didn't ask to be raised in that atmosphere. Now, to God be the glory, my dad got saved. Then my mom got saved. Before, long before children, or not long before, but before children came along. And I never knew that side of them. But with that, with that baggage... I still had to be raised in some dysfunction. 
And so I could go, I could have decided we were poor, which if I had 13 children, we'd be poor too. But we could have decided that I'm going to follow the tracks and I'm going to be this, that, that, no. But I decided that in the name of Jesus, I'm not going to be who they were. And I thank God for where they came from. But they gave me a platform to go a little bit further than what they did. And I refuse to blame the way I am about all my circumstances. I'm not doing this just to fill time. But I just feel like everybody in this room, would you just take a moment and just declare to the devil and to God, I'm not what I've been through. Come on, would you say it with me? I'm not what I've been through. Because my God, we've been through some stuff. You've been through some stuff? I mean, I could could just take a, 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 a... the people that I know the stuff you've been through. But I'm not what I've been through. And I refuse to let my circumstances dictate who I am when I've got something greater than my circumstances, which is the Word of God. I decide that the Word of God dictates who I am. I decide that the Word of God is going to be my true north. Every person faces obstacles. Every person has tests. Every person has trials. But the devil tries to get you to think, ain't nobody been through what you've been through. Nobody, somebody has been through what you've been through and has survived it. Saul and David sometimes face the same, same ones. Look here, take Goliath for example. When this huge Philistine offered to fight Israel's champion, both Saul and David heard the warrior's challenge. We're talking about the difference. What made the difference? They both heard the challenge. But, they, but Paul or Saul went, well, hey, hey, that's a big old boy. Yeah. David said, the same God that delivered the bear and the lion into my hand would deliver this uncircumcised Philistine into my hand. So he, he heard the warrior's challenge. Saul, Israel's greatest warrior at the time, who rightly should have faced the, bat, the giant in the battle, reacted by hiding in fear. David, a mere boy, was eager to face the challenge and win honor for God. What's Saul's reaction? Here's what his reaction. He said, well, who are we going to get to fight? David said, I will. He said, well, here, use my honor. Or use my armor. I'm not using it. Did you hear that? How many people have you said, maybe a little younger than you, a little bit more zeal to you? You didn't, you didn't actually say it, but what you were really saying is, here, use my armor. I'm not using it. Because I've gotten too old and petrified, sanctified, and cranktified, and satisfied. I don't ever want to become satisfied. Hear me, church. While others wait to see what's going to happen, people of God step forward and rise to the challenge. Number four, both had the choice to change and grow. That's the difference. If I could sum it up in one sentence today, that's the difference is having the choice. You both have the choice to change and grow. Are you going to do it? You know, listen, 
and Brother Brewer knows what I'm talking about. Me and Brother Brewer, we've known each other for a long time. I've known, I've known uh, uh, Jane Cash since I came to this church. Her and Roger were the, were the uh, 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 district overseers when I came to this church. So I've known, them, I've known them as long as I've been here. I remember when I was the young buck. I remember when I came to this church and we would go to camp meeting and I'd be sitting at the young buck table. And a few youth camps ago, I realized I started to talk and there was a bunch of youth pastors and young ministers and I started to say something and everybody shut up to listen to me. And I went, oh my God. They went, what? I go, I've become the old guy. Oh my God, I'm the sage. It's a sad day. What'd you do? I quit youth camp. About two years later, I did. But, you know, I remember when I wasn't, I was one of the youngest pastors on this church staff. Now I'm the oldest. Shut up. Now I'm the oldest pastor on staff. By 20 years. But you know what I learned? See, but I'm not just going to fade off into the sunset. I'm going to let some of these young guys change and challenge my thinking. I don't, oh, you didn't hear that. I'm going to let them change and challenge my thinking. Just because we've done it this way for this long doesn't mean we've got to continue to do it that way. Amen. you got to listen, man. So I don't ever want to become... I don't ever want to make the choice not to change and grow. Because, listen to me, if you're going to grow, you're going to change. But just because you change don't mean you're going to grow. You grow up, you had to change your britches. I remember the 32s. I was in the third grade. I remember that. I don't know. But I also... Went to the 38s, bumping the 40. It was too much growth for me. So I had to change in order to grow healthy. I'm not saying I am healthy. Hush, Laura. I'm just saying I'm healthier than what I was. Laura's a beast. She runs like 28 miles in 30 seconds or something like that. I don't know. But what I'm saying is I had to change. If you're going to become who God wants you to become, you're going to have to change and grow. And grow. Y'all go ahead and grow or change. Our ability to change and grow makes all the difference in the world to our potential for growth and excellence. The two men's very different reactions when confronted with their shortcomings... Capture the two natures of Saul and David. I'm I'm almost done. See, you don't know what's in you until you squeeze. Everybody goes, well, you know, uh, uh, stress or pressure builds character. No, it just shows what was already there. Oh, money changed them. I remember. No, no, no. It just showed what was already there. Are you listening to me? I, I want to be who God's called me to be. But, there, but, but if you want to know who you are, let you be challenged. 
Let you be challenged. My sister, who's a who's a who's a phenomenal musician, and I was talking to her the other day, and she goes, "Hey," I, and she we were talking about something. She goes, "Well, if you would be open to this," I go, "What do you mean? I'm always open to get better." Yeah, I'm open to it, but she but you know she knew because you know, yeah. well, let me tell you what's wrong with you. Oh, ah! I won't hear that because you know I mean it's been around Pentecost long and tough. I tell you this because I love you. No, no, don't love me. I don't want to hear it. I can't take any more of your love. Right? But Saul was confronted. He disobediently made a burnt offering to God and Samuel rebuked him. And for the longest time when I, when I first got saved, I didn't understand this. You're offering to God. Why did Samuel rebuke you? Here's why. Because he got, as my mama would say, too big for his britches. He stepped over into a role that he was not anointed to do. If you've been anointed to ush, but you might not be anointed to preach, but just because you're a great usher, well, I think I'll preach. It doesn't work that way. And just because you're a great preacher don't mean you're anointed to ush or teach. So he got outside. Let me put it in Florida language. He didn't stay in his lane. So the young people understand what I'm talking about. He got outside his lane. Stay in your lane, bro. You know. No, no, that's right. Stay in your lane. He thought he was a cook, but he was a, what is it? A pogue, yeah. That's for the younger people. How many, know, how many understand that lingo I just used? Y'all impressed? Right. Why? Got to keep it cool, bro. All right. See? All right. See, so everybody over 30 years old, I don't have no idea what they're talking about. Hey, that's because I'm younger than y'all are, but let me move on. Let me move on. All right. So he rebukes Saul, and the scripture is silent on what followed. There's no record of a sorrow or repentance. Matter of fact, Saul blamed it on somebody else. He said, why'd you do this? He goes, oh, the people made me do it. When the people make you do it, you're not the leader. When the opinion of people make you do something, you're not the leader. Ooh, Jesus, that's good. When people, when the opinion of people make you do stuff, you're not the leader. Evidently, he kept going on the same course. But David's reaction to his sin, y'all remember what David's sin was? Adultery. Oh, blasphemous. You can't. It's not apples to apples. Yes, it is. Sin is sin. That's what we mess up. Well, there's different levels of sin. No, that's in Catholicism. Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, you know, oh, it's just a little white lie. No, it's a lie. Sin. Oh, I just flirted with that person. It's sin if you're married. Sin. Oh, pastor, we just, we're just having a little fun. Sin. So, but, but, when, but when Nathan came to David and called him on what he had did, if you read the story, man, oh, David, he went to crying and howling. Oh, Jesus. Ah, I've sinned against God. It wasn't 
Nathan, I've sinned against God. And he repented. See, that's what, that's what the difference was between Saul and David. David took advantage of the opportunities. But David, when he's confronted with sin, he repents. After David committed adultery with Bathsheba and sent her husband to his death, Nathan confronted me and he had a kingly sorrow. Now, I'm, I'm, all, I'm done. Musicians, come back. What, what are we going to play, Pastor? I have no idea. I'll figure it out by the time I get over there. David's interaction with Nathan is representative of his attitude during his life. What I love about David is he was never afraid to admit his shortcomings. Ask for God's forgiveness and blessing and improve himself. Let me me tell you something. Conflict and failure can, can be healthy. I know that ain't the Holy Ghost, but anyway. It can be healthy. If you handle it correctly. Well, I've learned, I've learned from my failures. No, no, you don't, don't, you don't necessarily. How many people you know have done the same failure 17 times? They ain't learned nothing from it. You only learn from it when you reflect back on it and make change. That's when you learn from it. So he decided to learn from it and improve himself. It is the reason that, De- that David kept getting lifted higher and higher and higher. We all can learn from David if we want to reach our potential, become the person that God's called us to be. Then we need to lift the lids of our lives. And what I mean by that, everybody has a lid, but you got to lift that lid because God's called you to become more. That's the only way that you can go to the next level. Thank you again for listening to this message. We pray that it has inspired you like never before. For more information about Crystal River Church of God, how to give, or even our upcoming events, be sure to check us out at crystalrivercog.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. And we will see you next week here at CRCOG.